The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke. With me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Hey Corey, how's it going? Good. It's Friday of a three-day weekend. I'm uh, pretty excited. You also have a three-day weekend? Yes. Oh, that's unusual. That's a teacher perk. Yeah, or banks. Or banks, yes, correct. But yeah, um, yeah I am, I'm also looking forward to my three-day weekend. Um, I'm going to watch a bunch of movies and... Uh, you know, I got to watch some are for work, like work related stuff as like getting things ready for my classes. But, um, you know, my classes, uh, my basically my first year kids and my second year kids, um, both watched Juno this week. <gasps> I love that movie. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, it, it, it seemed like majority, majority of them enjoyed it. It's definitely, um, some of the, jokes and stuff i don't think are aging as well like uh she refers to herself as morgan freeman do you have any bones to collect which is that was kind oh, no. of a dated joke even in 2007 you know i don't remember exactly when bone collector that came movie out is but 10 years old juno is 10 years old juno is 10 years old this is the 10 year anniversary um <sighs> yeah it's crazy right uh but can't handle it um but for the most part it, it's it's a fun movie to teach um you know um uh, it it's cynical yet there's hope and there's a lot of character arc and um it's i we, we really just finished it today we'll really get into like talking some of the scenes out and like the filmmaking techniques as we go through the week but um my daughter and i uh she her movie pass came in i don't has yours come in yet no and i have so many questions but go ahead oh well it's it's real it's relatively easy however i wish i filmed her uh buying her first movie ticket because she's never had to buy a ticket at a movie theater, you know, usually mom or me are buying the ticket for her because we're going with her, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But because of the movie pass, she has to buy her own ticket. So I had her go first. And, oh, man, deer in headlights is, like, the only way to describe it. She really – she froze up. Uh, luckily, the, the kid that runs uh, the ticket booth, is uh, he's a student at the school. He's not one of my students, but he knows me. And I'm also a super regular customer <laughs> at our local movie theater. So he knows me from both. And so he's being really cool with her, like trying to like, it's okay. Don't have to be afraid, you know, because she's having to talk to the person behind the glass. She freezes on the name of the movie, which I don't blame her because I think I've forgotten the name of the movie we saw last night like three times already. But um, we went and saw Birth of the Dragon, which is... Oh. marketed as a biopic of Bruce Lee but is definitely not a biopic of Bruce Lee um it is a it's a bad movie that I had a lot of fun watching because I am a big Bruce Lee fan and there is some really cool martial arts sequences in the film there's also some really bad special effects on a couple of the martial arts sequences in the film and the story and plot are the worst part uh, especially because again it's being touted as a biopic for bruce lee but we both did enjoy the movie despite the uh the odd choices of plot and structure that the movie decided to go for um but uh so she it was funny watch i really really wish i'd filmed it because i think it would have been a very funny youtube video like maybe even viral you know teenage girl can't buy a movie <laughs> ticket kind of thing oh uh, no <laughs> but um uh, but yeah it uh it was her first use of the movie pass and 
Um, I'm hoping to go see a couple other things this weekend. I know there is not a, nothing. Uh, the the movie that we talked about last week, Tulip Fever, isn't mm-hmm. playing anywhere near me. Um, oh, it's playing here. Is yeah. Well, that makes sense. You got you guys get a little more of the indie stuff. I'm sure it's probably playing in Lakeland, but I don't know that I'm willing to drive to Lakeland for a movie I wasn't that interested in I, in the first place. I love Alicia Vikander. But I can't stand Dane DeHaan. That's oh, where Dane DeHaan and I are the now. The culture has so. changed. Yes, yeah, indeed. it's over. Um, the breakup is, is real. But um, yeah. there Sorry, is Dane. playing, I think, at our, a theater nearby that I'm going to go check out um, probably tomorrow, if I can ever remember the name. It's got um, Jeremy Renner and your favorite actress, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, gross. <laughs> she keeps getting Wind worse. River. <laughs> that's it um yeah that, i think that's playing in winter haven so i'm probably yeah it is i'm probably gonna go see that tomorrow um i've heard it's really good and so i want to check that out um i gotta see if it's something i could take my daughter to or not i haven't i don't know much about it so i have no clue like what kind of it's rated r but i don't know what kind of r you know is it gonna be yeah cussing or yeah, which I, sadly i'm go. fine with cursing and violence i'm not as okay with sexuality uh Although I am starting to just accept the fact that I was watching everything when I was her age. And mm-hmm. it's a struggle as a parent to decide, like, do you let the kid do what you did? Or are you trying to learn from the mistakes of your parents? You know. <laughs> but was it really a mistake? I feel like you're well adjusted. Yeah, but I don't know if that's because of that parenting choice. Um, which, and to be fair, though, Taylor is... is more i think more well adjusted as a teenager than i was except again she's socially awkward when it comes to like ordering tickets at a movie theater or (laughs) anything else um i haven't watched her order food yet i might just give her some cash and have her go order us taco bell tomorrow or something like watch god please Um, record this one (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna start setting this up but um (laughs) and i watched i finished uh all of darren aronofsky's film i watched uh, both black swan and noah this week um, so I've, I've completed the, uh, his, his filmography, at least his feature filmography. Um, I, I did like Noah more than I expected to. I, I didn't like the end that much. I felt like the end kind of was like, yeah, but, um, it was definitely better than I went in thinking it was going to be. And Black Swan was great, except it was definitely, I think his movies kind of fried my brain watching them all in a row like that. I needed to like do a lot of research to take something out of Black Swan, but because it was it was uh, you know pretty crazy movie it was hard to tell what was real and what wasn't real without spoiling anything but mm-hmm. have you seen anything other than our uh, review for the week no and then you know i've just been really missing um the parks and rec guys so i had to watch a couple episodes last ah. night so i'm gonna rewatch that and I like that because I can like have that on and just listen and laugh and be like reading something or folding laundry. Um, usually when I watch movies, I try to like even put my phone down and mm-hmm. not have any, Yeah, you know. No, I do the same thing. I watch, um, I am a, a friendsaholic and you know that about me, but I watch friends usually uh, when I get home from work, they're usually on TBS and I'll watch a couple episodes while I make dinner and stuff um, until Kathy gets home and makes me change the channel. Uh, and I also do that with How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory sometimes. Not as much with Big Bang Theory because I'm usually into either work or movies at 7 o'clock when the reruns come on. But um, if Parks and Rec was on the channel, I would definitely flip that. In fact, I wish they would take Modern Family off and put Parks and Rec on because um, I'm kind of – I'm not – I don't dislike Modern Family, but I also don't like Modern Family. I have watched a few episodes, and I'm not really 
into it. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. Especially like the later stuff that now they're showing on like the reruns. It's definitely not as good as the earlier episodes. But at the same time, they started showing the reruns before there were enough episodes. So like I cycled through them already like too many times. So I'm just done. Um, I am I am a rerun watcher for sure. I like to have because like you said, you can do other stuff while they're on. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't like to go out of my way to start a, a show. Like, I won't put it on Netflix necessarily. But if it's on oh. TV, I'll throw it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's more mm-hmm. of my style. Like, quick and easy, dirty, and just done. I feel like you are the same way probably with Parks and Rec, but I'm sure with Friends. It just makes you feel good. Yes, and definitely. I haven't been feeling good. I'm really sad about Texas. <laughs> and, oh. you know, like all these things that are going on. So I just needed some, you know... Yeah, no, totally get that. I and uh watching Noah this week was definitely weird. Um it did it made me start questioning like I was thinking about like the in, in um what is it? Inconvenient Truth and then the Inconvenient Sequel, the two Al Gore documentaries about global warming. And mm-hmm. then I was just like is like Al Gore modern day Noah that he's like warning uh, us about the flood but we're ignoring him and you know, granted, just look at Texas people. That's what I know, and that's what like it had, after watching Noah, it, it, I was like, I don't know about you, but when I take a shower, my brain wanders like all over the place. But at the same time, the rhythm of the water helps me focus, so it's not multiple trains of thought all at once. It's like one very long winding river of thought, and uh, I ended up into that process where I was just like, Al Gore might be the new Noah. Maybe we should start building an ark. Cause Look at Texas. Uh, it it is crazy seeing the images coming out of Texas, and um, our hearts do go out to you in Texas. And there are a bunch of nonprofits. Corey, I know you've been sending some stuff out on Facebook. Is there anything you want to like a charity you recommend people donate to? Um, I did quite a bit of research. Um, I don't want to talk badly about American Red Cross because they're such a big organization, and they aren't just for one. I mean, it's for all of America and it's can be hard for them to see where they're putting all their money, but I just feel better giving locally. So I gave to, um, Austin pets alive and the Houston food bank because they're local and they're helping other shelters and animal shelters. So everyone that needs help is getting it. Um, and just, I've been watching a lot of that stuff and Oh heck. So I would just say to do some research and try to, donate to something local i like the idea of the local you know where the money's going you know it's going to houston and so good call um that said uh i guess we will get into um our our review for the week is going to be the movie phantasm before we get there we're going to look at what's coming out on home video this coming tuesday september 5th um so if you're you know home and you're wanting to check out a movie that you haven't seen or maybe rewatch something from uh, the summer, because that's everything from the summer starting to head into uh, Redbox and uh, Walmarts and Targets and Best Buys and all those things. Um, first up, we'll talk about uh, Megan Levy. Do you remember seeing trailers for Megan Levy at all? Yes, that has Kate Mara in it, doesn't it? It does, yep. Okay. It's based on a true st- true life story of young Marine Corporal um, whose unique discipline and bond with her military combat dog saved many lives during their deployment in Iraq. Um, in fact, my dog uh, won a re- uh, movie pass sweepstakes um, on Instagram. We had a, It was take a picture of your pet and then tag it with Megan Levy, and we won a swag box of a bunch of Megan what? Levy stuff, including an autographed poster by the cast. Um, and so I haven't seen the movie, but my dog has won swag from said movie, so... <laughs> 
Um, is it Frankie or Lady? Frankie. Frankie won. Uh, Frankie. Cute boy. He's a little Instagram famous. Um, and, and in fact, if you scroll through uh, Movie Passes past Instagram posts, you'll see a picture of my dog and the other four winners um, with uh, with a picture that we I sent in for him. But like he got a scarf and a, a like a it's not he didn't get a backpack, but I got a backpack, I guess. Like you know one of those. Uh, I feel like Frankie could totally bags. wear a backpack. I mean, it's a string bag. He might be able to pull it off. Um, and then a portable water bowl, you know, like it, the collapsible water bowls, um, all with Megan Levy stamped on it and camouflage and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I was excited when we won. I was like, oh snap, Frankie won something. Look at that. Um, Megan Levy has a sixty six on Metacritic. Um, Big Tuna, who often writes for our site. And his own website, Big Tuna on Movies, I believe. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he uh, he did see Megan Levy and said it was much better than he expected. It does have a 66 on Metacritic. If I didn't just say that, I can't remember. But um, I think I'm going to check this one out. I, I kind of wanted to make it to the theater. Uh, it definitely looks like I'm going to cry um, because there's a dog and it's military-related, so it's unlikely that there won't be some type of... In fact, I'm pretty sure that's in the trailer, even that the dog does die. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you should avoid those teary moments. Um, then not when it's a dog though, John, oh my God. <laughs> hey, we've watched, it's like the ugliest of the ugly cries. Plenty of dogs dying movies, uh, on this, on this podcast. So it's, sometimes I'm unaware. All right. This one I'm super excited and really, really afraid to check out and it's raw. Um, did you hear about raw? No. Okay, it's if I'm not mistaken, it is a French film, uh, directed by Julia Ducourneau. Renau. I am so bad with enunciation. When a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at a at vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. Um, rated Ugh. 81. This is a movie that in certain theaters they were issuing vomit bags with ticket purchases, um, because it is a cannibal movie, um, and so. Uh, it's got an 81 on Metacritic. I've heard several film critics give this as their favorite movie of the year. It's supposed to be amazing, um, but it's also supposed to be very, very difficult to watch. So I really, really want to see this. This is supposed to be coming on home video. I don't know if Redbox will get this, but this is one I would probably just buy. Um, I just don't know if I can actually like sit through it or not. I don't have the strongest of stomachs, and I'm not great with... with certain things like i'm i'm a zombie fanatic so i've watched plenty of you know flesh eating sequences and in, in zombie movies but you know those don't bother me but i don't know like it depends on how they go about it because there are definitely some visuals like even in black swan there was a part where she like peels the skin off of her finger i could I not watch mm-mm. yeah nope. that, that that made me look away but i can watch like in a zombie movie them rip the guts out and eat them like without any problem so i don't know how my brain processes this type of stuff. I've never really watched a cannibal film. Like I haven't seen cannibal Holocaust. I didn't see the green inferno. So I don't know how I'll react to this, but I definitely want to check it out. Um, have, have you still haven't heard of it? No, I was looking it up. I would be interested, but sometimes when things are just for shock value, you know what I mean? Oh, but uh, I it, don't know if it were just for shock value, it wouldn't be an 81 on Metacritic. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this movie's yeah. gotten great reviews. Um, oh. and again, Big Tuna did see it. It's, I think, one of his top five for the year right now. And he's seen pretty much everything worth seeing that's come out this year. So, um, OMG. Yeah, it's one that I definitely am I'm going to see. It just depends on how I'm going to end up buying it. But um, the next one, though, if you uh, are grossed out from Raw, this one will definitely cleanse your palate. Uh, it's Rough Night. 
with Scarlett Johansson, Kate McKinnon, Zoe Kravitz, Alana Glazer, and Jillian Bell. Um, but the funnier people are the the guys in the movie. No offense to the girls, but uh, Paul W. Downs and Ryan Cooper. Um, there's a few other friends that I don't know who they are off the top of my like just looking at their pictures even because they're barely in it. But um, they are the guys in the in Rough Night are the funniest part of the movie. Um, with the exception of Alana Glazer, I thought she was pretty great. But um, Rough Night is the movie where it's basically very bad things from the 90s done again, where uh, girls go to, I think, Miami? Yeah, for a bachelorette party. They hire a stripper and accidentally kill him, and then the rest of the movie is them trying to deal with, uh, you know, not getting in trouble for killing him. Um, it, it the, That premise isn't great. The, the funny part is the B story, where... Um, after they kill the stripper, she she isn't answering her future husband, and so he thinks she's calling off the wedding for some reason, and he decides to pull the uh, the astronaut. I can't remember the exact story, but it was based on a real story where a woman um, put on like diapers, like Depends, and drove like cross country to catch her boyfriend cheating. It was a like an actual story. So he yeah, that was about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um but so he does that and that's like the B story and that is hilarious. Like the whole bachelor party and then him trying to come back to get to Miami to to win her back is really funny. Like that's I thought the best part of that movie. Otherwise it's definitely skippable. But if you're a big uh fan of any of those comedians, um Kate McKinnon does an awful Australian accent for most of the film. I find Jillian Bell annoying more than anything, so if you like her then maybe you'll still like her here. Um I thought Zoe Kravitz was fine. Ileana Glazer, though, was very, very funny. And Scarlett Johansson actually plays the comedy really well, but she's just, it's it's just not a great movie. Um, but hey, for a buck fifty, why not? Um, you gonna check out Rough Night, Corey? No. But it's, it's ScarJo. I know, and you know. You know, it's funny, though. I actually, I will own this movie in the next couple of days, so. Uh, <laughs> That's right, because you bought, you watched all the movies, right? Yeah, I did. I, I get theater. this one, Baby Driver, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and what? Dark Tower, all for watching them. So um, that's why you gotta go to Regal, man. That's, that's how you get them. Word. So yeah, I'll get all those digital copies as they come out. But you have to see all of them to get them. You have to buy tickets for all of them. Um, which this but in this I didn't instance, have a movie pass. Correct, I did. Um, uh, but for this instance, I did watch all four. But uh, the previous iteration where I got Get Out, Split. Great Wall and Fifty Shades Darker. I watched three of those, but I did not watch Fifty Shades Darker. I bought my ticket and then I left. Um, so I got my digital copies of Split and Get Out, which were worth it alone. And again, that was with my movie pass. Uh, you don't get it from the movie pass. You get it through Regal when they have these special offers. But nonetheless, we got one more movie coming out, and it was your wild card pick for our um, summer movie wager, which we'll be talking about on Top 5 Movies this week. Um, <laughs> although the wild cards did not matter. Uh, because I picked better than you guys. But um, we'll talk more about that on Top 5. But uh, it's All Eyes on Me, the Tupac Shakur biopic that is mediocre, um, and that might be too kind of a word. Um, It's Metacritic score is 38, which is uh, in line with what I gave it. Uh, Directed by Benny Boom, it's it's pretty much bad. Um, There is some cool stuff because it's Tupac, and I, I was very interested in the story, but the execution was weak. Um, there's a lot of problems with the way they, they move through the story. Uh, it, it's a real paint, paint by numbers biopic where it just, it's not great. And, um, they even choose a weird framing device that then they just, they just leave at the end. It's framed like it's an interview and we're recapping stuff, but then all of a sudden 
we're past the interview point and then the rest of the movie is like kind of real time but not exactly so it's like well why did we frame it from that perspective then if we were just gonna fly by it later um there was no payoff for it being the interview it's it's definitely one i say if you're a huge tupac fan uh it's worth watching to see some perspective however there's been a lot of outcry especially from jada pinkett smith who is uh is her she was friends with tupac in high school um so she does her I don't want to say her character, but she shows up in the biopic, but not the actress. Um, Kat Graham plays Jada Pinkett, and but the real life Jada Pinkett Smith has has been very upset with her portrayal in the film and claims that a lot of it's not accurate. And the directors and producers have said that she signed off on everything. So why is she complaining now? But one way or the other, something is off. And so you know, take it for what it is. That is our home video releases for September fifth. Um, out of those four, I recommend, uh, I've only seen Rough Night and All Eyes on Me, and I wouldn't recommend either one of those. I'm going to say Raw, unless you have a, uh, you know, you don't like movies that involve eating flesh, then I say go Megan Levy. It's probably better than the other two um, that are on the list, and at least it has a higher Metacritic, so in that way, I feel comfortable saying that. You have a pick, Corey? If you're going to rent one, what would you rent? Raw. No uh, doubt. All right. So... Corey and I are going to have to check out Raw. Let's get to theatrical releases because the last two weeks have been so bad. Horrible. Now, I did see Birth of a Dragon, but not the week it came out. I saw it the following week because there was nothing else to see, and I really wanted to go to a movie. So I was like, I'm going to go see Birth of a Dragon. And it was was not great. Uh, It got from my rating. My review is up on BurkeReviews.com. It is not a total waste of time, um, and that is definitely specific to if you like Bruce Lee. Um, I Bruce Lee was my hero as a kid. I had literally a picture of him on my wall, and I do mean like an eight by ten photograph that I got at the flea market. Um, it looked like it was a family photo hanging on my wall. Uh, I, I really, really looked up to Bruce Lee, his philosophy, his martial arts style, and even his movies. I was a f- fan of uh, most of his films. Um, so I, I did enjoy the movie. I think a lot because of that. Um, it's definitely not a biopic of Bruce Lee, though go in knowing that it is it is actually a biopic of a fictional character who is supposedly a student of bruce lee and that is our tie to the character but he it, bruce lee is like in less than half of the movie so birth of a oh. dragon my butt um but let's look at what's coming out this week because there's actually a couple of good movies coming out this week um one that i know has got the hype we'll go to that one second we're going to go to the new reese witherspoon film um home again uh which is a life for a single mom in Los Angeles takes an unexpected turn when she allows three young guys to move in with her. Um, stars uh, Reese Witherspoon, Nat Wolf, Lake Bell, who I'm a very big fan of, Michael Sheen, Candace Bergen, um, and everyone else I don't know well. Uh, directed by Haley Meyer Shire. And it's been getting the regal treatment, you know, where they have the long, like, talking to the cast trailer. And like, you should yeah. see our movie. That's that I've seen that trailer now for a couple weeks. I gotta say though, I'm a I am a rom com fan. Uh, it, it is a, a, a kind of a a shamed of genre. You know, I try not to like point out that I like rom coms, but I I tend to enjoy even the bad ones. Um, so I kind of want to see this, and I've sat through enough Reese Witherspoon films with my wife uh, that I tend to I tend to like her. I don't I don't dislike Reese Witherspoon, except I didn't care for Wild, um, but this looks more her her cup of tea you know the rom-com is kind of her speciality so i'm gonna give it a go uh have you seen the trailer for this 
I have seen so many trailers for this. Oh, <laughs> you do not sound as enthusiastic as I am. <laughs> so many. If I were going to the theater to see a movie, it wouldn't be for this one. Ah, well, um, and that's going to be true, I think, for a lot because there is a really in- highly anticipated film coming out this Thursday. Well, technically Friday, but Thursday in my eyes. Um, and that is it. And if you haven't seen the trailer, a group of bullied kids band together when a monster taking the appearance of a clown begins hunting children. Um, Bill Skarsgård plays Pennywise. Jaden Lieberg, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's Billy. And we have Finn Wolfhand, who you might know as uh, Mike from Stranger Things. Sophia Lillis, Jeremy Ray, something or other. I don't know. Most of these kids are new. Um, but uh, the reviews coming out of it right now are very positive. There's a thousand user score on it. A, a thousand, Holy not God. a thousand user score. A thousand people have put a score for it, and it's sitting at nine point one right now out of a thousand people. That's a really high average. Um, there isn't official critic ratings yet, at least not for Metacritic. Uh, those should be dropping, I would imagine, by Wednesday this week. Um, but everything I've heard about it, it's getting lots of positive feedback. Um, I have I've seen quotes of this is the best uh, Stephen King adaptation. I I am excited. I've been excited really since they announced they were remaking it. Just because I I like the TV movie, but there's definitely a lot of cheese. It was made for ABC. It wasn't like even on cable, so it's definitely not an R level film. And here we're getting an R level horror adaptation. I I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm definitely taking my daughter. I don't know if my wife will sit through it or not, but my daughter and I are both super pumped about seeing it this weekend. Uh, and I know you are too. I am. Um, I'm also very tired of <laughs> seeing trailers for it, though. True. Stop. And like, what about all these kids that get to be in a movie with Finn and his Stranger Things, you know, popularity? Yeah. Well, apparently, um, much like Stranger Things, the kids, uh, they brought like the kids in before filming, and like they like did like team building activities, and they really became oh, cool. friends. Um, which is my understanding of the Stranger Things cast, too. Like, the kids are really, really close friends, uh, and that builds the ke- the chemistry on screen, which is what I've heard is really great, too, with the kids, is that they really do seem like they are friends and they care about each other. Um, and th- I, the trailers look great. I think there is a trailer that shows the full sewer sequence. It wasn't a trailer so much as a uh, like a full scene that like they played in, the with the thing. trailers. Yeah, the Regal did it. And I An extended look. I really liked that that scene. Like I thought Skarsgård, like the way he was playing, like the dialogue, he was drooling, like like he was ready to just munch into this kid, and it was really creepy. I I can't wait. I wonder if the fear of clowns is going to uh, rise again. Um, as a right. Result. So, um, uh, I only know him from Hemlock Grove, but I loved him so much in Hemlock Grove. Well, and he's his family is all actors and whatnot so oh, yeah um I, he was in something i just saw i think i can't remember allegiant no i have not watched any that's one of the the divergent films right probably yeah i've not watched any of those things but um there's one more movie that was listed as wide release but now it's only it looks like it's only going to 400 theaters but i have to talk about it um i'm gonna read the uh plot description and then i'll tell you the title and then i want you to guess who the star is okay Oh, God. Okay. A group of five people find themselves trapped in an elevator in the World Trade Center's North Tower on 9-11. They work together, never giving up hope, to try to escape before the unthinkable happens. The movie's called 9-11. Who's your star? It's not a lot to work with. Chris Pine? Chris Pine, I would be a little more hopeful. Oh, Um, it's Dane DeHaan! 
DeHaan. It's not Dane DeHaan. Although that would have been hilarious. It's it's okay. Oh, I, I'm gonna go what I would say backwards from IMDb's top list. Um, Luis Guzman is listed as number four. Who he's in a bunch of stuff and he's good and everything, but he's usually not a lead. Not, he's not the lead here. Uh, Gina Gershon, who is good in many things. Um, Whoopi Goldberg. And our star number one listed on IMDb for the movie about 9-11 with a group of five people trapped in an elevator as they try to uh, work together, Charlie Sheen. Are you serious? Charlie Sheen is starring in a 9-11 movie that's supposedly coming out this weekend. Again, it was it was listed as wide a few weeks ago. I've been eyeballing this movie for a couple weeks. Um, and it is now listed as only 400 theaters, so I doubt it's going to be in many locations. Um but my goodness, uh, I I can't even fathom. Um, I don't know that we need a 9-11 movie right now. Like, I really don't know if that's the best thing we could have coming out. But I can't imagine a Charlie Sheen 9-11 movie. Like, I'm not even saying I can't imagine it being good. I can't imagine it. Can you picture, like, this guy used to yell about Tiger's Blood. And now he's going to be, like, a heroic character during 9-11? Like, I don't... I can't. My brain will not process this. And oh man, I I almost want to see it just because I have to see how they pull this off. Like how who greenlit this movie? And like in a time where the tensions are high and there's still you know a lot of anti-terror fear of you know Muslims and things like this. Is now the time we need a Charlie Sheen nine eleven movie? I don't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's inspiring. I hope so, since it is tied to a tragic day in our history. I hope it does that day justice. I oh, hope. God, and it's coming out right around the time. Yeah, it's coming out literally a week before. Well, no, uh, no, you're right. Three days before. Three days before. I'm sorry. My brain is on today's date, not next week's date. Yeah, this is the – I don't think I said the date. Theatrical releases for September 8th. Um but yeah, that's that's what's coming out. But I'm recommending it. I don't know what's gonna be great. Um, I am definitely gonna see it and home again. And uh, September, the rest of the month looks like there's some good stuff coming out each week after these two horrible weeks of releases. And it's not just my opinion, Corey. I don't know if you heard this, but last weekend was the oh, worst worst box office weekend in 16 years. That's how bad last weekend was. So. Um, it wasn't just Burke Reviews predicting that it was a bad weekend everywhere. And the numbers fact. proved it. it. Yeah, no. Horrible weekend. Um, that said, last week we did The Wrestler and Corey got to pick this week's episode. And she picked the movie Phantasm from 1979. Uh, I'm going to read the plot description and give you some background on the movie. A teenage boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man who keeps a lethal arsenal of terrible weapons with him. Um, and then it stars A. Michael Baldwin, Bill Thornberry, uh, Reggie Bannister, Kathy Lester, Terry Calbus. I have no idea what, who some of these people are. Mind you, Kenneth V. Jones, um, that's the caretaker, uh, Susan Harper, Lynn Eastman. I don't know if I need to keep reading these names. I don't remember enough of this movie. Um, Angus Scrim. Oh, I think Angus Scrim, yeah. Yeah, he's way down on the list, but I'm guessing this is alphabetical. It is. Um, is the tall man, and he's the last one. And it is directed by Don Coscarelli. Am I saying that right? Sounds right. It sounds right. Coscarelli. It's also written by. Um, and it is, 
72 on Metacritic, and the, the Metacritic score is based on what I what um, I watched, which was the remastered version from last year, I think, that was released on Blu-ray and uh, DVD. So all the Metacritic scores are from that. has a 6.8 IMDb user score. Um, I thought I knew more about this movie as, like, I thought this was a real, like, gore, like, fest of a horror film. And I don't think it was watching it. Like I mean, there's a couple of gory scenes, but it was not what I had envisioned. Expected. Yeah, I had confused it with, um, like, well, you know, there's a scene in Juno where uh, they discuss like splatter movies, essentially. Um, <laughs> and I thought this was Sorry, one of them. Yes, but it is not one of them. Um, I just somehow like put that on this movie. So I went in with different expectations than I should have anyways because I was expecting to be like kind of grossed out and I wasn't. Um, but let's get our initial uh, comments. Corey, what did you think of Phantasm? I'm waiting for my movie picking privileges to be taken away. So you didn't like it or you, you don't think I like it. Which is that? I feel like both. Oh, okay. Um, good, because I didn't like it either. Uh <laughs> I want to say an expletive. I want to cuss. I oh. effing hated it. Oh, oh man. I really thought you were going to end up loving this. And I was just going to be. No, because I was like, oh God. Well, I not, not <laughs> hold on because I went, okay. I read reviews, right? Like afterwards. People love this shit. People love this. And I am very. Confused. I, I am thinking that horror isn't my genre. And I like oh, certain I... horror movies, but man, like. The praise that this movie got, I was so... I, it, now, there's context, though, that should be given. That it was a very, very low-budget movie. And that it has spawned um, a, a cult following of sequels, too. Like, the people love... There are three sequels. Um, I think there is a recent one, though, that wasn't directed by the original guy, but his family did it. Like, his wife oh. and kids or something made the last one. Um, he might have written it, but then didn't. It wasn't able to direct it or something like that. Um, and I've heard that one's not as good. But like, it has a fan following with Angus Scrim being the the big like kind of star. Um, there were so many things that I didn't like about this movie. Um, I, I will say that it did not grab me for the like thirty minutes or so, and I definitely wasn't trying to be grabbed. I was re- readily available. Like my eyes were like, let's look at anything else. Um, and I don't know. I don't I don't exactly know why I was so like usually I sit down to watch especially for these movies I am very like determined to be focused. I don't think I gave this movie that. And so I don't know what it was that even initially didn't kick uh pull me in. Like I sat down and, and had the intention of giving it my 100%. But Me too. It took me about three or three and a half hours to watch an hour and a half movie. Oh wow. I did not do that. I, I sat straight couldn't. Through. I couldn't. I couldn't. It felt like it was a three-hour movie, though. <laughs> I kept picking. I kept doing all the things that I don't do. I stopped and I did some laundry. I just couldn't sit through it, and I think that everyone is nuts that loves this movie. Yeah, and we don't mean to be offensive, uh, but you know, some things are a matter of taste, and nothing about this movie really appealed to me. I did laugh a few times, um, which I definitely think that's part of the intent here. Is I, I do think some of it's meant to be so bad it's good kind of thing. But those don't really work for me most of the time. Um, you put riff tracks on top of this movie, I might like it. Um, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Phantasm, I might be in. Um, but the movie itself, uh, no. So, 
I think we got enough of our initial comments. At this point, we're going to give a spoiler warning. Boom, boom, boom. If you want to check out Phantasm from 1979, before we spoil it, please go ahead. Otherwise, we'll see my head. We'll be talking about the plot, the movie, in great detail, I'm sure. And in some ways, we might be saving you some time um, or money. That's I mean, true. I'm glad. I almost bought this. I almost bought uh, it. I would have been very mad if I'd went with that instinct. I'm glad I didn't. Because even, like, I almost, I had the Blu-ray in my hand. I love the artwork on the Blu-ray, actually. And that was yeah. part of what made me want to buy it. I was like, this looks really cool. And then um, something told me it wasn't worth the money. And I was like, all right. I, I may, and then when I went to rent it, it was three bucks to rent or ten bucks to buy it for digital. And I was like, mm, no, I'm just going to rent it. Like, you know, because, <laughs> again, I always have that fear that if I rent it and I love it, I'm going to have to then spend the extra $10. You wasted the money. Yeah. And I could have just bought it. And so I, I hesitated, and I'm really glad I I, hesi- I hesitated and didn't buy it um, because I, I don't think I would watch this again. Um, I don't know. Um, man, let's let's get in. Um, I, I just made some random notes. Uh, let's talk about the orb. I, I want to start there. <sighs> This flying orb, which once I saw it, that's when I realized what I had heard about this movie was the orb. And mm-hmm. even in our plot summary that I read, uh, he has an arsenal of terrible weapons. I don't think they know what the word arsenal means. Um, nope. Because I only remember that weapon. <laughs> and it, I don't. I have no idea how it works. It didn't seem like he controlled it. It seemed to be kind of sentient is the way I took it. Like but- it was... But not really, because I figured that point where the orb comes out and it's coming after someone, didn't they just put someone else in the way and it got yeah, he, that thing he, instead? he ducked and it stabbed the, the caretaker, or I think it was the caretaker, in the head. Um, he screamed, and then it started drilling and then squirting blood out. But then we don't see where the blood lands anywhere. Like It looks to be like just like a juicer, almost. It disintegrated. Um, but then... The guy hits the ground, right? And then I think he pees himself. Did you see the yellow fluid coming out? Like, <laughs> no. like, and it wasn't that... it wasn't the yellow blood that we see in the tall man. It was very clear. It looked like it was supposed to be pee, and it's like pooling like a puddle. Um, and I'm like, is that pee? What? Like, what the heck? Is well, that? that's Where's what happens when you die, John. Well, I'm not doubting. I know that you 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 evacuate your your fluids and whatnot, but I'm or at least that's what I've always heard. But one, I've never seen a horror movie show that, and two, no, I still want to know where the blood was going because it was squirting out the back of the stupid, you know, sphere thing. Which then it comes back into play later in the movie, and they kill it with a single shotgun shot. Like, yeah, I'm like, wait, that's it. If there's an arsenal, shouldn't there be backups? Um, and shouldn't it actually that... kill something it set out to kill? Because it didn't. It did not once successfully kill the thing it was trying to kill. Like, not on screen, at least. Um, I, uh, it was uh, so... Dis- and it, the POV of it was not great. Like, because like, there's a point where we see, like, from its perspective. It was interesting, but it wasn't amazing. Um, and again, it's 79. It's low budget. And I'm trying not to be too hard on those details. But it's not... I don't mind low budget films and how many times have we talked about low budget films that go on and make millions and millions of dollars and we love them so I don't think that that's the problem here and it's not shot it doesn't seem low budget you know what I mean it's not like grainy and like you know at some sketch wherever the place that it takes place where it takes place that it takes place inside of the funeral home that's also a mausoleum, correct? Yes. 
It is both of those things. That was my understanding. Okay. Not okay. The, I mean, that's where the 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 horror but elements some take of place. It. Yeah. Um. I did. I do want to say some positive things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I loved how centered so many of the scenes were. Like it was almost eerie how mm-hmm. centered some of the things were. Um. Like shots of the door. So much of it reminded me of The Shining. Actually, like how I don't know how to explain it, but um, I enjoyed those aspects i liked the character uh, well i liked the tall man i thought that the actor did a good job playing him yeah i agree with that Uh, he's a creepy like villain type character for sure and i i read some um some like trivia about this and he really is tall but they also made his costume a little too short for him to make him seem even taller which i thought was kind of cool um And then, but I think that we need to talk about the two brothers in the film and how they're both horrible actors. Yeah, and I think they're both uh, amateur actors in this with this role. Although um, the the younger brother is in, I think, all of the movies though. Um, Michael, I think, is the younger brother's name. Um, a, yeah, a Michael Bob- Yeah, Bob- he is. I think in all of the the Phantasm films. I, oh, what else? Um, the dialogue was cheesy as heck too, and also, obviously, the moral of the story is not to go into a creepy cemetery with a woman you don't know to have, have relations. Yeah, because the first, yeah, game, which apparently that was the tall man too. It was yeah, uh, which I was kind of I was wondering, I was like, what's the deal with the girl? And then I'm like, wait, the tall man turns into the girl. Why? The lady in lavender, I think, is what she's called. But why though? Like, why is he? Do I that? don't know. And I. Even like the the cinematography on her boobs was a bit much too. Like it was just like close up on boob, close up on boob I again. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I was just okay, great. She has boobs. I get it. Thanks. Yeah. Like, um. Oh man. Totally agree. And oh god, just that whole scene was so cheesy. It almost it just. It's one of those scenes where you're like, this dude made this movie because he had a crush on that girl and figured he could get her topless if he made her a movie and put her in it. Like that's the like if you've seen the room, um. Uh, yeah, it's the room, right? Um, the Tommy Wiseau film. That's what the film feels like. Because when there's a sex scene with Lisa, it is really long. It's very gratuitous, and you're almost like Tommy Wiseau had a crush on this girl, wrote a movie so he could have sex with her on screen, and that's why this movie is, exists. That's what this that scene because it opens with that too. Like that's one of the first sequences yeah. in the movie is is like close up on boob in shadow. Like I'm like okay, interesting lighting. And horrible like purple and blue eyeshadow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, she she looked like he, you picked her up at the bar. Um I want to pause for a second. Um this review, I we've not read someone else's review, but I want to read Kim Newman's review from uh, empire.com. Um she gave the the, the re-release 100 on Metacritic. And I want to read her first paragraph. Um an incoherent but effective horror picture on the dreams within dreams theme as two teenagers discover that the local mausoleum is run by an extra-dimensional psychopath who has been killing people, shrinking their corpses into dwarf sizes, stuffing them in yellow barrels, actually they're black barrels, and shipping them back to this uh, to his home world for revival as zombie labor. Right there, and you're like, wait, this is 100 on Metacritic review? Yeah, yeah, this is the top review on Metacritic. Um, 100 and now her second paragraph uh, it deliberately makes no sense but it has more bizarro gimmicks to the minute than any other horror picture of 1979 including the flying silver balls that bore into your forehead and redistribute your blood all over the place like through a sprinkler attachment which again I did not see the blood actually go anywhere 
Angus Grimm cast as the tall man is a monster worth of his own glow in the dark hobby kit. I will note, I agree with that part only. That's the only sentiment I agree that's with it. is the Angus Grimm. Um, he is creepy. Um, and I don't know if that's enough though to make it a good monster movie. Like the, the, the there's really no kills per se. Like we see someone get stabbed in a very horrible looking way. And I don't understand wanting to watch a movie that doesn't make sense. I say that as I have watched David Lynch movies, but, um, like, I just don't even know how to explain it. And then there are like these little, like things running around and like hooded robes and they're trying to kill people. And there's his apparently zombie, whatever. I don't understand why this movie has such a following and that's why i chose it because it does have a cult following it does and the room though which is considered by many the worst movie ever made has a cult following it had in fact there's frequent midnight screenings of the room like i think once a year they they have like a midnight screening much like rocky horror picture show not comparing those two in terms of quality in terms of the fan base is what i'm trying to compare it to that there are people who flock to the room who cosplay as characters from the room who will sit and watch the movie in in a theater and quote the film to each other um because they appreciate its awfulness like they're not no. proclaiming it to be great; they're proclaim- proclaiming proclaiming it to be greatly bad. And maybe that's what's up with Phantasm. Um, maybe maybe you want a movie that is incoherent. I I don't usually. Um, not if it's gonna be what looks like a narrative because it's disguised as though there's a story, but there's there's really not. And if there is, it's bad. Like the whole when they discover the alien thing, I'm just like, what? Wait what is happening like why is it an alien and and how do you know it's an alien you've barely gone through you see like r- you know red sk- sky and rocks that doesn't tell you anything you know and what's slave labor we see them hauling the barrels of the other dwarves that's it why make dwarves to haul dwarves what are they doing what is their purpose i don't get any of this movie no and again, I love the scenes, and this was something that I loved about uh, Annabelle Creation too. Um, I love the scenes of the big old white wood house, and then it's like everything is dark around it, and the house almost looked like it was floating in yeah. this one. I loved all those scenes, and in Annabelle, I loved when like the different lights were like flashing on and stuff. I just love old white wood houses. Uh, um, I would totally live in one, but I don't want to be. There's so many crappy filmmaking elements in this movie though like the constant telling mike to lock himself in the house like i think that happens five times where the jody the older brother tells mike to lock himself in the house and then it nothing really ever works that's out that's gonna keep it out well, yeah but even stop leaving him why do you keep leaving him none and of he's your just plans... gonna follow you anyways it was it was like it was like the early episodes of Walking Dead when they kept telling Carl to go in the house and Carl never went in the damn house. This was that. I'm like, stop telling him to go in the house. Like, stay with him. He is your Aye. responsibility. And then there is a one scene where Reggie comes to their house. Reggie's the the balding ice cream man who's ice really creepy. Ice cream man, but yeah. That th- also reminded me of the old, that horror movie that was in the 90s or something called The Ice Cream Man. Uh, well, he walks in the house and he gets scared by, I guess, the maid? Who I think was only in that one scene. She's only she like pops out of a door. And he's like, oh my god, you scared me. And I'm like, who is that? They've never shown her, and she's never back in the movie. But he knew her by name. I think her name was like Myrtle or something. Like, 
it, it was so mind-boggling to me because I'm like, wait, is Michael living with a maid? Because they've never mentioned her. Like, not once, unless I zoned out for a large chunk of the beginning of the film, which I admitted already I may have, but I don't remember hearing her name or hearing her voice or seeing her until she scares Reggie. Mm -mm. Okay, so you, do I you don't know, either. Do you know what I'm talking about, though, when she jumps out? No, I oh. must have also just been ignoring this. Man, I'm sorry. It's like they come, they separate when they get to the house. Like they're they're at their house. This is when um, they brought they find out that the uh, the first guy that we see killed Tommy is a dwarf now. You know that he's been sh and I, I'm using their words, everybody. I, I hope that's I am not calling him a dwarf. That is what they call these things that the tall man has turned the corpses into, um, which. It's 1979, so the term wasn't offensive yet, uh, and I, I mean no disrespect, but even in the credits, it's dubbed as dwarfs. So apologies if it sounds like I'm being like offensive to short people. It is not my intent. Um, but yeah, so the, he, they put Tommy in the ice cream truck, and they go back to their house. Um, they leave Reggie to lock the door and like you don't see Mike or Jody anymore and the house is dark and it's like well, that's not very nice to bring your friend into a situation and then just bail on them like even if they're in your house you still kind of good luck and he's walking down the hallway and here comes the the maid pops out of a door and he's like oh you scared me to death and she's like oh what's going on and I'm like who are you who are you <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's real bad it's real real bad um and uh, oh, and Sally and Susan, they they he Jody gives. Oh, they uh, and then they get kidnapped or something in the car and then they get them back. And well, we never see them. We're told. And then they're just in the car. No. They were in the car at some point. No, no. That was before they got kidnapped. See, they go to the they go to the antique shop. I don't know why that they're they're oh, locking gee. Mike in the in the antique shop with Sally and Susan, who have not been in the movie until right now. They've not been introduced. They weren't friends. We haven't heard about them. But for some reason, Jody trusts them enough with Mike, and there that was a mistake because they soon get harassed and they get taken out of the car. Later, they find Reggie somehow still alive in the mausoleum, and he tells them. That he saved the girls. They got out through a window. We should join them. We never see the girls again. So right away, I'm thinking Reggie's full of crap and it's not Reggie. That it's some kind of monster like the tall man or something in disguise. No, mm -hmm. it's actually Reggie apparently. And even though we see Reggie get shot, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, he gets stabbed. He gets stabbed by the lavender girl who is tall man outside. He is at, the, the, cemetery. at the end of the movie. Him and Mike are together and they say jody died in a car accident yeah that we didn't see and that this was that doesn't he say that um mike is just dreaming that all of those things are just dreams because mike or because jody died in the car accident yes and that's where i'm confused and i guess that her the review i just read from kim whatever her name was from empire um she does say it's a dream within a dream so implying that the whole movie had been a dream yet tall man it still sucks yeah, it totally. So that's one of the worst cop outs in film history, right? Like the dream within a dream bullcrap, except for Inception, where it just makes perfect sense. I was just about to say, except Inception. Yeah, yeah, but that's the premise of the whole film. So it's like, it's your fault if you fall for that. But this movie, like, there's no reason for us to think Mike's dreaming. And again, he does, he gets attacked by the tall man at the end of the very film, like of the, the actual film, right? None yeah. of it. It's, it's so People bad. Stood in the mirror. I, I was, and that part was so jarring, too. <laughs> I didn't know 
what happened i was like wait why is reggie alive what's happening so the whole movie i just watched that i hated in the first place was a dream i hate it even more now like this is worse um and i you know i get some people like these type of movies that are bad for the sake of being bad and they find joy in that i don't i don't get it i don't have time there's so many movies i still want to watch in my life i don't have time to sit through crap like this and then be like oh it's great that it's awful like no it's not great that it's awful because i do like story and no i don't blame you because again if if i were to go look at this movie on imdb right now why would i not think it's great it's got a pretty high metacritic uh the first review raves about it and and she tells you straight up that it's incoherent on purpose that would turn me away because i don't like again i i can tolerate movies that don't have a a plot structure like i'm not opposed to avant-garde film i'm not opposed to to even uh, new attempts at plot structure but i do like something that resembles intention or if you're gonna be incoherent then i i want comedy with it you know, make me laugh like i laughed at how bad parts were but i don't it didn't feel like i was laughing with the movie it felt like i was laughing at the movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um i've i've spoke a lot what do you have anything else to complain about <laughs> um i just really hated this movie and i want to apologize <laughs> So, it. I'm going to say uh, this gets the avoid like the plague rating um, for me. I second that motion wholeheartedly. All right. I got nothing else to say about it except for probably more complaints. So I'm going to shut up about it. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go a, a more modern film, a film that recently just came out that I missed at the Florida Film Festival that I really, really wanted to see. Um, and so I think it's time that we see it. Uh, and we're going to watch Dave Made a Maze for episode. Oh! Um, I have no idea what episode this is right now. <laughs> I think this is 30, 35, I'm kidding. maybe, um, or 36, probably. I, I'm I'm checking as I'm rambling. Uh, this is 35. So next week for episode 36, we're going to be watching Dave Made a Maze. Um, this was at the Florida Film Festival. I did not get to see it there. Um and I'm going to read the plot summary real quick. Dave, uh, Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career, builds a fort in his living room out of pure frustration, only to wind up trapped by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. Um, I've heard very good things from people that I trust. Uh, it's got a 60 on Metacritic, so it's not as reassuring as I would like it to be. It's directed by Bill Watterson. Um, Watterson, excuse me. I'm used to saying Catherine Watterson. Um and he is it looks like this might be his directorial debut but he's done a lot of stuff within the film worlds um yeah this is his only direct directing credit but he's he was an actor and a lot of stuff um crew member for a lot of things and this is also his screenplay though so his first writer directing role i am looking forward to checking this one out um and it's not like you've heard of this I thought that you had mentioned it before. I've definitely talked about it before. Um, I just haven't seen it yet. Um, but it's one that I, I really wanted to see at the film festival. I think I went and saw a documentary at the same time it was playing. Um, and I was unable to make it to this one. Uh, Big Tuna did see it and loved it. And um, it, it, it hit VOD like two or three weeks ago. So that's where I think it's available. I don't know if it's out on DVD anywhere. It could be, but it might just be a hard one to find. But it's definitely available on uh, iTunes and or Vudu or Amazon. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I might just buy it because it feels like it's something I'm going to really get into. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that said, 
Oh, I'm definitely going to buy it. It looks like it's affordable. Um, next week's episode, we're going to be watching Dave Made a Maze. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. If you watch it before we do our recording, you can send us an email at contact at BurkeReviews.com. That is contact at Burke, B-E-R-K, reviews.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. If With any comments, feedback about the show, um, we would love for you to rate us on iTunes. If you go to Burke Reviews Podcast and uh, give us a five-star or you know so rating and give a review, we would appreciate it. It helps us get new listeners and spread the word about what we're doing here at BurkeReviews.com. Um, check out the most recent episode of The Rough Cut and Wildcard Pod. And we will be back with top five movies uh, this week. I don't even remember what our topic is yet because I have yet to start building my list. But that will be tomorrow. Um, Anything else to add, Corey? No. Don't watch this movie. Corey apologizes (laughs) enthusiastically for picking Phantasm. If you sat through it like we did, we apologize in advance. Or I guess not in advance. If you sat through it, we apologize, period. If you decide to still power through it, we apologize. Neither of us liked it. Um, again, there are plenty of people out there that do. If you want to explain to us why you like it, I actually would love to read that email because I am still struggling to wrap my head around it. Although I was forced to watch a movie called Rubber last year by a former student, <laughs> no. and I don't understand. He seems to enjoy that movie, but I can't tell if he enjoys it because he makes other people watch it and then drinks their suffering. I'm not really sure, but um, I hated that too, and there you go. That's it for Burke Reviews, a movie club this week. We'll be back next week with Dave Made a Maze. Thank you and good night. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>